right, all right. Welcome back. Welcome back. You know what time it is. The Fan the Van podcast. Uh, been a while. Uh, usually I got Jay with me, but I decided to do one a little bit before work. Uh, kind of catch up on some stuff. Obviously, World Series. I know it was a while ago, but thank God Houston didn't win it. Because um, honestly, in my opinion, Houston won it. Everybody's still going to put an asterisk next to it. Like, hey, you know, did they cheat? Did they not cheat again? You know, as far as I'm concerned, Houston's legacy now will always be tied to trash cans. That That's just what it is. It's going to be, hands down, that's what their legacy is now. No matter who plays for them, from that era to the, the later years of Houston's existence, nobody know nobody will know if they if they're playing the game cleanly or if they're cheating. It just is what it is. But it's NFL season. You know, we missed a few Sundays. You know, work schedules conflict, but I I gotta do it. I'm not gonna get into any other games but one because it was the most disgusting, pathetic performance I've ever seen. For those who listen, those who know me, those who know Jay and listen to us. Regularly, listen, we are not afraid to bash our own teams. And I'm going to bash the Pittsburgh Steelers to no end right now because Mason Rudolph on the first drive looked like Fran Tarkenton out there. He looked like he looked like Troy Aikman. He looked like John Elway. And you figure, okay, this is what the offense will look like if Ben were to retire tomorrow. But then here comes a second drive, and Mason shows you he ain't ready, he's not prepared. And everybody wants to know why Haskins didn't start. Well, apparently in practice, Haskins was lazadaisical and worrying about who's bashing him on his fucking Twitter feed. Okay? That's why he didn't start. And those who sit there day in and day out, week in and week out, and you want to sit there and you want to talk about how we're better off without Ben, this is what the future is. You saw it Sunday. A whole bunch of let's throw the game away, overthrown passes, interceptions, bad play calling. Okay, is Mason more mobile than Ben? I'll give him that. Did he truck that one defender going to get the first down? Yeah, he did. But guess what? He's not accurate. He throws the ball wherever he wants. He's got no arm. How do you throw a ground ball? Ray Ray McLeod is wide open in the end zone. Perfect play design at the goal line. And he just chucks it into the ground. But the Lions didn't play that great either. I mean, they... You know, they had to keep running the ball because Goff's playing hurt with a bad little hip injury and back injury on the left side of his body, and it showed. But the Pittsburgh defense, the minute TJ, even when TJ was in, the Pittsburgh defense just wasn't the same, giving up big runs. I think Detroit wound up having like 8.7 yards per carry. That is insane for a, for a defense like the Steelers to let up when you have Cam Hayward and TJ Watt and Highsmith who's coming into his own. Devin Bush has been non-existent. Terrell Edmonds made some decent plays this past Sunday. Obviously, we lost Watt midway through the game. Hayden a little bit before that. Sutton was a little banged up, but then he came back. James Pierre proved that he belongs. But Mason Rudolph is not the answer. He shouldn't even be the question within who takes the reins of the Steelers' offense when Ben retires. Because you saw a sneak peek to the future of what Steeler football is, and it's not pretty. It is not pretty by any means necessary. It is going to be the most pathetic 10 years of of Steeler Nation football if we have to watch Mason Rudolph. And, you know, people were coming at me on Facebook like, 
well, what are some better options then? Being since, you know, you're Mr. Know-it-all. Listen, bottom line is this. There's a lot of better options than Mason Rudolph. You know, somebody told me, why don't you go and get Cam Newton at the end of the year? I don't want a piece of Cam Newton. I don't want a temporary Band-Aid on a situation. And if Ben retires, the only option I could see that I would be able to live with for 10 years and people will call me crazy. I'm sure I'm sure my ex-wife will think I'm nuts and she'll say, I don't want no fucking parts of that. You know, it's Jalen Hurts from Philly. The kid's mobile. He's got a cannon. You know, people could sit there and say, you know, that Aaron Rodgers will be here next season. I don't think Aaron Rodgers comes to Pittsburgh. Aaron Rodgers, granted, yes, Hall of Fame quarterback. Take away the COVID situation right now with him and and, and how all that was handled. Which, by the way, that's a joke by the NFL because how does C.D. Lamb get us get a fine of twenty thousand dollars for an untucked jersey, which is fucking ridiculous? Okay, and Aaron Rodgers gets fined fourteen thousand for violating COVID protocols. Green Bay gets fined three hundred thousand, and they don't get docked any draft picks because the GM is buddy buddy with somebody in the NFL office. That to me, I'm sorry, is atrocious. It's a joke. I, I don't know what else to really say about it. It's almost like we're reliving the Baltimore Ravens situation again. Luckily, no games were canceled. They didn't have to get forfeited. Aaron Rodgers had to sit out. He was back this Sunday. And he Aaron Rodgers did what he did best. Led Green Bay to a win. But in the Pittsburgh scenario, though, there's no way on God's green earth that Aaron Rodgers comes here. Because... Even bringing Aaron Rodgers in is a temporary band-aid to make up for the fact that they missed out on chances to get Ben's replacement two to three, even four drafts ago. Okay, everybody knew three, four years ago they should have been looking for Ben's replacement then. If you thought as a, as a true Steeler fan that Ben Roethlisberger was playing into his 40s like, like, like Tom Brady and even Aaron Rodgers is going to, you're sadly mistaken. Ben, since he came into the league, has taken brutal hit after brutal hit after brutal hit and has had brutal injury after brutal injury after brutal injury. We all know it. If you're a Steeler fan that's watched since his, since his first snap, he has taken some of the most vicious hits any quarterback has taken in the league other than the one that, that Joe Flacco took from Kiko Alonso on that Thursday night football game where he took the knee to the head where Joe Flacco clearly gave himself up. And speaking of that, Joe Flacco, if you've seen him in the press conference when he took over for Mike White, which, by the way, Mike White, you are not a first-round quarterback. Just because you had two good games, you got brought back to life this past Sunday by the Buffalo Bills, okay? And, you know, Jets fans sitting there saying, Mike White's the future of this team? You're as delusional as the same Steeler fans that think Mason Rudolph is the answer for Pittsburgh. Because Mike White and Mason Rudolph should be on an island together. Throwing footballs, and they probably couldn't complete them to each other, sitting two inches away from each other. Okay? Aaron Rodgers is not coming to Pittsburgh. If he does, would I be excited for it? You're damn right I would. Because you're going from Ben, a future Hall of Famer, to another future Hall of Famer in Aaron Rodgers. But, again, it's a temporary band-aid. Are you going to find Ben's replacement in this draft? We've said it time and time again. You are not going to find Ben's true replacement till that person, whoever he may be, mirrors exactly what Ben has done, if not better. You can argue with me that we can go and get Pickett from from Pitt University and he immediately becomes an impact in the league. No. 
You don't know that. Because look at look at guys who have been here for a while now that even though they're decent quarterbacks, they're not taking their team anyway. Case in point, Baker Mayfield is the biggest prime example of this. Baker Mayfield had Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham, Chubb, Hunt, Hooper, Njoku. And I've been saying this forever. You gave a kid who cannot be coached to handle that offensive power. You have a coaching staff that can't coach the kid to handle it. So Cleveland can win the AFC North for the next 20 damn years, and it's not going to matter any. Because Baker Mayfield couldn't get the ball to Odell Beckham. But yet, Matt Stafford can? And that was the surprise pick, being the fact that Odell wanted to go to a contender... And you figure, well, the Rams got Cooper Cup. They got Higby. They had Robert Woods, so Robert Woods tore his ACL. You know, they had Van Jefferson. You know, they got all these weapons. Why would you go there where there's even more weapons? You're not even going to be utilized as much. And I think in Sean McVay's offense, Odell can be utilized because you have a quarterback that could be coached to handle all that offensive power. And But for those to sit there and say that the Los Angeles Rams are going to the Super Bowl now because they traded for Von Miller, signed Odell Beckham, you got another thing coming. Because look at how they played last night against the Niners, who were depleted on that offensive line, depleted on the defense. You know, they draft Trey Sermon, but the, but their starting running back is an unknown coming out of what? The third, fourth round? Debo Samuel is coming into his own. Ayuk is coming into his own. Garoppolo in the first half only threw eight passes with a quarterback rating of perfect, which is surprising. Because Kyle Shanahan outcoached Sean McVay. And people could say, well, you know, putting Odell in, it changes up that up-tempo. Yeah, listen, I understand all that, but guess what? You have to adapt and overcome, and the Rams just couldn't do it. Rams couldn't do it. And people are supposed to be afraid of Von Miller and Aaron Donald and, and, and all these other defensive weapons you got? If they can't beat the 49ers, I can't take them seriously going into the playoffs. I mean... They, they couldn't beat Tennessee, I think it was, the, the week before that. There's games they should have won that they lost. I mean, do, do the Rams take the NFC West at this point if Kyler Murray can't play the rest of the year and Hopkins is going to be out for a longer period of time and you expect Colt McCoy to lead this team to an to a NFC West championship and then into the playoffs and then potentially go into SoFi for the Super Bowl? The answer is no. Then the Rams have a clear shot at it. Because right now, it, when it all comes down to the NFC West is going to be between, it's going to be between the Rams and it's going to be between the Cardinals. Now, Murray is a game-time decision come this Sunday. Do I think he plays? I think he does. But you have to realize this. Because somebody said, I wouldn't start him. You know, they're out of playoff contention. They're not out of playoff contention. They're very much in playoff contention. I mean, it's called the, it's called the newspaper and their standings, and, and you ought to go read it. The team that's at a playoff contention, and this made no sense, is that you have five minutes left in the game with Seattle and Green Bay, which you thought would have been a showdown of touchdown for touchdown. It wound up being 3 nothing for like 17 hours, okay? And you still got Russell Wilson in the game coming off that ruptured middle finger injury. I wouldn't have put him, I would have took him out. At that point, your offense is doing nothing. He's overthrowing everybody. And you could, att- you could attribute it to, you know, he was out and he didn't get enough time to practice. And, you know, it, you know, it's a little bit of ring rush. Do you want to call it? Whatever it is. 
okay, that's all well and good, but you kept your quarterback out there for a potential further injury for what reason? If there's a team in NFC West that's out of contention right now, it's Seattle, unless they go and do the unthinkable and lose no games throughout the last stretch of the season, go into the playoffs, destroy everybody, and win another Super Bowl. But if you think it's going to happen, it's not going to happen. Look, look at everybody said Tom Brady and the Bucks are, are, are going to run it back and they're going to win another Super Bowl. They couldn't beat Washington. I think it is is that teams have finally decided to figure out Tom Brady and that defenses have figured out where he's throwing the ball to and Tom Brady, let's, let's call it what it is. He's finally hit his age. You know, it was Tom Brady who said he'll retire when he starts to suck. Well, you suck Sunday, Tom. So guess what? Maybe you should retire. You know, he has this show coming out, The Man in the Arena. I don't give a shit about it because I don't want to hear anything the guy has to say unless he comes out and says the tuck rule was the biggest phantom call of all of NFL football calls. Let's call it what it is. It was the biggest phantom call ever. Because have you ever seen a tuck rule called after that? No. And the NFL officiating again has become so disgusting. The Steeler line game, Killebrew barely hits the Lions punter, gives him a fourth and one. Then there was Trey Norwood who dove for the ball, who dove at, at, at Jared Goff trying to sack him as he just got the ball away, roughing the passer. Then you had in the Packer, the Packer uh, Seahawk game, there was an offensive holding, and Tony Romo even said, the guy's getting bulldozed over. How's he holding him? These NFL officials throughout the league, regardless who it is, whether it's Jerome Booger or it's, you know, Landon Clark or it's Ed Hockley's kid or it's Bleak Cleachman, whatever the frig his name is, they're just all flag happy. And if and again, if you don't think that sports betting, fantasy football, and all this other stuff doesn't have an impact in it, I didn't want to believe it, but you kind of got to start believing it now. And you could say, oh, that's insane, blah, 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 blah. But you name me one person who would have took the Steelers' lines to tie. There had to be one schmuck on God's green earth that took it, and they all said, oh, Joe Blow from frigging Idaho decided that this game is going to end in a tie, so let's make it end in a tie. Who knows? Who knows? I mean, you have to question some of these calls. I mean, I'm at home watching it on the couch, okay? Jay's at home watching it on the couch. And how is it we could see more penalties than, than they can? Pass interference calls that are not being called. And I listen, I get that the NFL told them, you know, keep it down on the flags. But you have to see some of these flags that are being thrown for the most egregious things. Some of the most pussified calls I've ever seen. Roughing the passer, and all the guy did was run past him and say hello. That's roughing the passer now? It, it's, it, it's, become, it's become utterly disgusting. But to, but to jump off ship at the NFL, obviously the baseball season's ended. And Brian Cashman came out and he said the Yankees are going to spend. Now, I have an issue with one of the people that they're looking at. And it's not because of who it is. It's because of why. Why would you be looking at Matt Olson from the athletics that you're going to trade for? Meaning you're going to have to give up pieces in the farm. Okay? Now, I don't know what his contract situation is. Obviously, Oakland does this every three to four years. They build up their talent, and then in a salary dump, they get rid of everybody because they know they can't afford them. So 
for those who, you know, for everybody who complained in the Giambi, Damon, Isringhausen era of the athletics, when everybody goes, oh, you know, the Yankees pillage us, blah, blah, blah. Well, you know what? Blame Billy Bean and blame ownership for not having the money to pay these guys to keep them there to keep giving you a winning product on the field. Okay? You want to keep believing that Billy James small ball, money ball bullshit? Go ahead. Okay? Because eventually, like all good things, that comes to an end too. And... The Yankees easily could go and get Rizzo for five years, 160. And I would be more confident with Anthony Rizzo knowing the fact that I know what I'm getting. I've rarely seen Matt Olson play because A, it's in Oakland. They're all West Coast times. And I've never really seen him play. So I can't judge it. I'm not saying he sucks at first base. I'm not saying he, I'm not saying he wouldn't be productive for the Yankees. But what I'm saying is Anthony Rizzo for me, a, he's younger. B, he's more talented. And I've already seen what I'm getting. If you're telling me we're going to get Matt Olson and we got to ship Luke Voigt off and a couple of key pieces in the farm to do it, I'd rather keep Luke Voigt and give Rizzo the five years 160. You know, they're looking at Carlos Correa and they're looking at, you know, Trevor Story for shortstop. And I don't, listen, I don't know if I want any part of Carlos Correa. And I'm not saying he's not a talented shortstop, but don't forget, he's part of the cheating scandal in Houston too. And he's had some 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 not so nice things to say about how Jeter should have never won those gold gloves. And I'm sorry. You can say what you want, Carlos Correa, but you are not on a Derek Jeter level at shortstop. You may be a more powerful hitter than Derek Jeter, but all-around player, you are not. All-around human being, you are not. Because Derek Jeter played the sport a different way than you ever did. Derek Jeter was never part of a scandal. You and your little midget freaking horse-riding jockey buddy, Altuve, were. I want no part of anybody who's come from Houston. You can say, well, you know, Jim, Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole is a pitcher. Garrett Cole wasn't on the offensive side of it, and Garrett Cole didn't know anything. And speaking of pitchers, you have Justin Verlander out there now on the market that the Yankees are eyeing. And I'm for it. If he's going to do what he did in that showcase, and he's topping out at 97 at the age he's at and coming off of this, whatever surgery he just had, if it's not going to cost you much, if it's a one-year with a player option or a one-year with a team option, and it's, say, $25 million, I'm for it. I'm for it because we need to we need to bolster this pitching staff. We need to bolster the bullpen. And you could say, well, you know, they did that with Jay Happ. But Jay Happ and Justin Verlander are on two different spectrums of pitching. One is a Hall of Fame pitcher. One has been a guy who's been bounced around the league more than a stripper at a bachelor party. Okay? So I'm all for Justin Verlander. I'm all for getting Starling Marte out of out of Oakland to play center field. Or what you simply could do is Gene Carlos Stanton, I can't believe I'm even saying this, if he could stay healthy, and yeah, he's a liability in the outfield, but if he plays right field, you got Gallo on left, you could put Judge in center field, and that'll free up you spending money on more offensive weapons, and you go get more pitching. But again, I'm not Brian Cashman, but all I know is this is the offseason that Cashman, Hal Steinbrenner, Aaron Boone have a lot of questions to answer, and they got a lot to prove because everything's on the table now. Careers are on the line. As far as Boone, I'm sorry. You may have given him whatever year extension it was, but I'm sorry. If it does not produce a World Series this year, you have to cut the ties at buying and go elsewhere. You know, 
We got rid of Phil Nevin at third, at third base coach. We got rid of, you know, Marcus Teams as the hitting coach. We got rid of this guy and this guy. And then we signed Luis Rojas to be the third base coach. I don't know how that's going to play out. But I guess we'll have to wait and see. I mean, because, you know, I per- personally, me as a Yankee fan, I think Rojas got a bad rap with the Mets. I just think no matter what he did, the Mets just at the all-star break, it's just always the collapse that they have, you know. They offered Conforto a qualifying offer. He denied it. I think Conforto's stupid for it. I think he should have taken the qualifying offer because whatever he's offered on the market ain't going to be what the Mets probably offered him. And, you know, is that an option for the Yankees to go get Michael Conforto? Listen, lefty bat, short porch and right, decent, decent arm in right field at Yankee Stadium. I give him four years. I give him. A, I give him a hundred million. He's not anything over a hundred million dollar player. And you know, Mets fans go. Well, Mets fans I've talked to said, "Well, you could keep, you could take him if you want him. If he goes to the Yankees and he tears it up and he's let's say a thirty five one twenty five RBI on base of eight ninety one and a batting average of say two ninety eight. And you get that for the next four or five years consistently? Yankees win on that one every single time. You know, and, you know, and you have, you know, on the pitching side of it, yeah, we have to get younger at pitching, but you need that veteran presence with Garrett Cole. You almost need that CC Sabathia-type pitcher where games on the line you now have two options. It's not all on Garrett Cole. Severino's not there yet, and Severino has to stay healthy and build up his repertoire back to get to that position where, okay, we're in the World Series. We have games one, two, and three. We could go out there and start Verlander, Cole, Severino. That's, how, that's what the, the Yankees need to get themselves in that position. This year for the Yankees coming up, it's, to me, it's World Series or it's nothing. It's, it's, it's the AL East Championship and a World Series where the season means Ugats. I'm sorry, it just, it just does. And if you're a Yankee fan that thinks different, then don't, do not discuss it with me. Because for, for, since 2009, we've had teams built to win championships. And they've always, they've always failed at some point. And you could say 18 was our year and, and the cheating scandal, you know, with Houston and everything like that. Okay, all well and good. But you know what? You got to put that to bed already. You can't keep using that as the crutch, you know, because that, that, that's all it is. It's just a crutch. It's an excuse. It's like in football where everybody says, oh, well, we lost because of officiating. You know what? Yeah, officiating had it, had a hand in a lot of, has had a lot of, you know, uh, bah, bah, bah. You know, it, it, it's had a hand in a lot of outcomes in, in years past and recently. But it's not the only reason why your team's lost. Your team's lost because of, let's call what it is in baseball. You didn't hit in a clutch, in, in a clutch scenario. In football, you didn't make the key first down when you were supposed to. You should have ran it instead of passed it. You should have passed instead of run, depending on the scenario. You know, it's the same thing in basketball. You know, you, you know, you missed a big free throw. You missed a big shot. You let the guy get past you. You know, whatever it is. And for the Yankees, again, this, is, this season coming up, it's, it's, it's put up or shut up. 
And for those who say that I never bash my teams, you've heard me bash the, the Steelers before. You've heard me bash the Yankees before. And it's not going to stop. It's not going to stop. It's not going to stop today. It's not going to stop tomorrow. It's not going to stop a week from now, a year from now. It's not even going to stop when I'm dead. I'll be bashing them from the grave. I don't give a shit. Because as a real sports fan, you have to be real and you got you to gotta own up to when your team suck. But as I get ready to go, because I decided to do this from work, because, you know, like I said, it's been a while. Um, hopefully me and Jay could do one on Sunday with a video included, obviously. But, again, for Steeler fans to think that this, that, 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 that if you accept what Tomlin said, that this performance by Mason Rudolph was what he expected, I expected better all around. All around. This was a Lions team with no win, and you tied with the Lions. Okay? That's almost as bad as the Ravens losing to the Dolphins on Thursday night football. Okay? But obviously, Sunday, we'll get into more of that. And we'll get into some other stuff on Sunday. And that's pretty much that. So, obviously, you know where to find the Fan and Van podcasts on Spotify. Podbean, Bullhorn, videos are on YouTube. Again, for those who... Have listened, continue to listen, follow, I follow back. You know, any questions, don't feel uh, don't feel like you can't ask them. Ask them. I'll gladly answer them. You want to debate something with us? We'll debate it. It don't matter to us. So till the next one, stay safe. As you already know, peace. Suck a dick, all of my comments and screaming my name While I'm in the club, throwing them hundreds and fifties and ones